This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one about non monogamous dating. Hi, Florence. Hi, Reed. How are you? <laughs> that was such a morning pause. You're like, fucking die. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm recording episodes at 8 a.m. now, and Rita's recording them yeah. at 4 p.m. in London. 4 p.m. Yeah. LA, UK, time difference. I know. Hey. How fun. How delightful. <laughs> How We've done delightful. this before. We have. We have. And it was fine. It was fine. It's going to be all fine. It's going to be okay, right? Luckily, it works in our favour because you're more of a morning person and I'm more yes. of an evening person. This is very um, But true. that doesn't come without its... Come, comes without its difficulties on both sides. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... All right. <laughs> I can wake up and talk about sex straight away. That's cool with me. Yeah, I definitely can't. <laughs> <laughs> I had my therapy appointment at 11 a.m. And she was like, am I annoying you? And I was like, definitely not. Like, I'm just really <laughs> tired. I promise you. <laughs> am I annoying you? She was like, I think, I think my voice is annoying you. You you don't want this session this morning. And I was like, I really do want this session. I'm just so tired that I'm finding it really hard to stay focused. Um, I was literally just like fucking all all over the place. But um, then once she said that, it did bring me back in the room. And I was just like, right, do you have, you're paying for this shit. Yes. Focus. (laughs) I'm paying for this. Well, (laughs) we do have a bit of a big update for you curious fuckers. We are going through some changes with the podcast. I'm going through changes (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Sorry, I was watching Big Mouth. Oh, I love it. Love Big Mouth. Um, So we might be going on a break for a couple of weeks, but just wanted to let you all know that... We're not going anywhere. We are going to be back, curious fuckers. You don't get rid of us that easily. Do you have any special updates since we recorded last? I booked my ADHD test. Yay! Um, which is exciting. That's, cool. That's very, uh, very cool. Going through all, all the tests. I was on the phone to my doctor again today, just being like, this is NHS doctor, so something separate. Yeah. Uh, doing NA- uh, was it ADHD privately. NHS, I'm waiting for the psychiatric or psychology can never remember which one it's psychiatric assessment yeah um, but that could be literally seven months away who knows it could be so long wow. yeah i mean mental health yeah. waits are notoriously lengthy yeah it's it's bad and it's just getting worse as well with the with the poor state of the nhs at the moment and the privatization of our medical care is just fucked yeah, don't even get me started on over here. Yeah, how 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 are you doing, Florence? How's everything with the move? Do you feel settled? Yes, What's life well, like over there. For the first week, I felt so bizarre, like really overwhelmed, very ungrounded, mm. like a bit numb to feelings, um, and. It was just really kind of weird settling in because I was just like, this is everything that you've dreamed of. This is everything that you've been working Mm. towards. And there was part of me that was not feeling like worthy for the change that had happened. And then everything around me just felt really like, 
I don't know, I felt kind of disassociated from it. But like every single yeah. day, I think I would see something that reminded me of like how much I wanted to be here. So like mm-hmm. whether that was like in the car, seeing a palm tree, like just on the street. And then Kelsey took me to this healing workshop thing oh, on my yeah. first Sunday. And it was like this breath work. So you did breath work for 45 minutes, which was then a meditation and then cold plunges. And Fuck. when I say this breath work was insane, like it was the most incredible experience and I needed it so badly because before yeah, the it's like an work, unlocking literally before the breath work I was like numb inside like couldn't feel anything like couldn't feel sad couldn't feel excited couldn't feel love couldn't feel gratitude mm-hmm. and then during and obviously I didn't cry like when I left anyone Ah. Yeah, we tried. In, in London, apart from the fuck buddy, which is, you know, problematic ah, in itself. Typical. Yeah. It's like, oh, please, please show me your emotional availability. Yeah. Yes, I beg of thee. I yeah. beg of you thee. You did good though. Yeah. And then the breath work, I just started crying so much like loud sobbing through this breath work everyone around me was like having their own kind of journey there was like a girl next to me who was like crying even louder than me the guy next behind me was like shouting like yeah and like I think Kelsey like shouted out I love you like in the background and I was just like what is happening this is crazy and like you go through this like full body high but it's just from oxygen so like your hands are all tingly you can't move them you're all numb and like it oh my god after the breath work and meditation they brought out fruit like pineapple and watermelon and strawberries i have never seen fruit that looked that good and tasted that great before whoa it was like you were in like the garden of eden or something you were like whoa this like food is from nature (laughs) (laughs) if you need like a change in mentality or you feel like you need to let something go breath work I really highly recommend it because ever since then I've been able to feel again and that obviously like had its uncomfortabilities at some point but like Mm -hmm. oh my god in the last few days the gratitude that I have been feeling for being here has been the most gratitude I've ever had in my whole life like like, everything to me is like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> how am I here like how is this my life other than that I've had some awesome sex <laughs> <laughs> yay yay to good sex yay nice lots of going down lots of nipple play mm. oh my god have you ever had one of those moments where do you listen to music when you have sex I do not absolutely no oh, really? I would never be able to come yeah yeah, it's too distracting. Oh, that's so interesting. I love listening to music during sex because it like gets me in like the mood. It's like feels sexy yeah. and it's like a vibe. Me and the guy that I'm dating were nice. having sex and I was on top and this song came on that was like probably one of the most cheesiest moments that I've ever experienced during sex because suddenly my album had stopped and Apple Music went into, don't hate me for Apple Music, <laughs> <laughs> went into like... The just spilling like whatever song that's kind of relevant to what you were listening to 
Oh, and there was this chestnut. track that <laughs> came on that was like, I've been waiting my whole life to meet someone like you. That was the lyric. Oh my God, stop. I'm dead. I am dead. And you and it was like successfully fuck. It was a long song. And that lyric was oh. repeated so much. Jesus. <laughs> was it was it awkward or was it fine? Did you just use it? Use just, it and we just fucked through it, but like afterwards I was like <laughs> I was like, so when that song came on and he was like, I know what song you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's jokes. Yeah. So I wonder if any curious fuckers have had any funny song things like that coming on whilst they're having sex. Please let us know on Instagram if you have ever had a really awful song come on whilst you're having sex, just randomly. Oh my God. And what was it? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've great. seen that meme go round. Um, that meme that goes around, it's like, what's the song that you've gotten railed to the most? And then like <laughs> the, 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 office, the office theme tune comes on. And it's the funniest thing. I was like, that, that was me. So enough about all of that. Let's talk about non-monogamous dating. Because we spoke about first dates with monogamous dates last week. So what about (laughs) non-monogamy? And we didn't finish talking about sex on the first date. In we the didn't, last did we? We we like no. we didn't talk about sex on the first date at all, which is like, what the fuck? We're a sex. Podcast. I know what happened to us. <laughs> Who are we? Who are we? Who are we? The existential crisis. Um, so if you haven't listened to the podcast beforehand, which is about yeah first dates, go and have a listen, um, and then come back to us. And yeah, so of course you're listening to one of the most sex positive podcast in the entire world so us saying anything other than yes sex on the first date is fine is just a given um 100 percent. do you think we'd be like no so you should wait (laughs) definitely wait wait no sex before marriage you fucking have sex when you want to that's all i can say have sex when it feels right Right. For when you. it feels good for you, of course, it helps if you've had good sex education beforehand, yeah. or if you've looked it up or spoken to somebody. It's really important to for, to do that. I, I have some things to say about this because mm-hmm. I do think that sex can be better once you build up more intimacy emotionally with yes. someone. I also do believe that you kind of need to know what you're working with also before you invest loads of time. Yeah, and we've heard experiences of people, you know, losing their virginity to randoms or at parties or like on amazing occasions. But I think it just, it all really depends on like you and what your core values are. And if you're very much like, yeah, man, like sex on the first date is great. It's cool. It's fine. That's, that's so fine to do. You might get people judging you, but that's because maybe that's not right. It's not right for them and they can't relate and they can't see themselves in that position. Yeah. Um, And also the society in the world has taught everyone, especially women, mm-hmm. not to be... Oh, well, not to behave like men. Yeah, not to be a floozy. <laughs> An absolute slag. Um, but if you are somebody who does value those core values and... 
you know, wants to find somebody that does take their time, that doesn't just sleep with anyone, then that's okay too. Yeah. You can take your time over it. You can do the five date thing. I just I think, think it's dangerous when people put misinformation out there yeah. and tell you what you can and can't do. It depends how you feel about yourself as well, because sometimes I think if someone sleeps with someone on the first date, they could end up feeling used. But like, yes, that's only yeah. if the person actually fucking uses you, you know, like, which can happen. People will just yeah. fuck you or even if leave. even if they're very. Yeah. Or even if like the other person's very communicative and they're like, I want to have sex and that's it. You could still go away feeling used depending on where your head's yeah. at with it um, yeah. and how, how you feel about sex or the opposite side, which is like, you know, yeah. having sex on the first date might be the most important thing to you. Um, mm -hmm. definitely was for me Sam and I fucked on the first date yeah very communicative about that definitely yeah. on the date I was like hey how would you feel about us having sex mm. um, how would you feel about us having sex and me never speaking to you again like I'm very much just on like a big fuck spree at the moment um, what are your thoughts around that of course it's hard to say because he said yes at the time but whether or not he actually meant yes or no yeah or anyone else saying yes or no it's hard to say but at I least I've communicated as much as I can from my side you know yeah yeah exactly I think I'm a second mm. date fuck kind of person yeah yeah I think that that's, there's that something about right. like holding off like a little bit it creates some kind of excitement about it yeah well it, it's it's more about the mental fuckage you know yeah for, especially for you mine's definitely more physical i would say yes. initially and then it builds up but then with with you it's very much like i want i want to be excited i want to feel comfortable i you yes. know i need i need to feel like i want this and also kind of holding a bit of not power but a little bit of control with it yeah there's also that idea that you know like feeding into your impulse impulses could be seen as bad when Maybe for somebody else, like feeding into your impulses is exciting and amazing and like a fucking mm -hmm. drug. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> like me. So yeah, it just so totally depends on you. And of course, you need to find the person that matches that as well, which the only way you're going to do that is if you talk about it. Yeah. Scary to do, but really valuable to find yeah. to find somebody that's a right match for you, whether it's a one-time fuck or a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. So moral of the story is do what feels right for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's and no judgment. Don't judge other people. Yeah, don't judge yourself. We mm -hmm. make mistakes as well. It's okay to make mistakes. Like, oh my I'm god, not I've gonna made so tonight. many mistakes in my life. <laughs> the amount of dick yeah, that I've slept with without a condom, you know. Fuck me. How is a first date different when you already have one or more partners? That's such a good question i love that never really thought of it from that perspective it's obviously different because you are not just doing it for you know selfish reasons in terms of just for yourself you are also thinking about another person and their feelings and if they're okay with it there's a lot of like it basically complicates things a lot um but it doesn't have to be complicated if you talk about it and if you're really open and honest about everything um if i was so if anyone's new here um i would say that i'm predominantly non-monogamous i'm in a non-monogamous relationship my last re relationship was non-monogamous um, and that's the lifestyle that i i want and feels right for me yeah and constantly checking in on my partners slash partners if that's the right lifestyle and choice for them as well um because sometimes it they might think they, that it is but it might not be or it might not be, but they want it to be or what have you. 
How was your first date with Sam? And did you kind of like go into talking to him about non-monogamy straight away? And does that date represent your current relationship? So with Sam, it was it was through a dating app and I had everything laid out on my dating app. So I said that I was, you know, non-monogamous. I said that I am just looking for sex. I, I mentioned everything about what I was looking for, what I want, the sex that I wanted. And yeah, very, very honest. So he did go into it knowing a lot more than I think what most dating profiles give you. Yeah. And when we were there, I really honestly went into the into the date like, I'm just going to have sex, fuck, and then and then that's it. That will do me. And that's what I was doing with a lot of dates back then. So Yeah. And it was just sort of it was an accident that ended up having sex and clicked really really well and I was very I was interested to meet up again. Mhm. And that was really cool. Um so yeah, talking about non-monogamy didn't really come super super quick because you still don't really know what you're doing in the first stages, so you're not necessarily talking about the future. Um, but yeah. it was definitely something I spoke about, like non-monogamy. I was non-monogamous with my ex and I see that for my future and that's the relationship style that works for me. Yeah, um, I think it's really good to bring it up quite soon in dating, especially if you're like into the non-monogamous lifestyle and you don't have a partner already. You need to mm-hmm. find someone that like wants the same style of relationship as you. So it's always yeah. worth talking about it sooner rather than later. I think I even spoke mm-hmm. about non-monogamy on my second date. Yeah. And and also what type of non-monogamy, you know, because non-monogamy yeah. can make t- terrify the shit out of people and think, oh, my God, I'm going to be fighting off like boyfriends and girlfriends and, and partners. Mm. Um when non-monogamy is different for each individual and each couple as well. Uh, sorry, yeah. not couple, not just couple. Each each couple slash group slash mm-hmm. relationship thing. And so it is. It's about asking like what what you think works for you, or just asking more about it. Really, like how do you see the perfect non-monogamous relationship yeah. looking? Plus, you don't have to have all the answers as well. And I think that's really important to say because so many people go in thinking that they want one type of non-monogamous relationship. But your Mm -hmm. relationship with that person is going to probably change how you want to deal with non-monogamy. Yeah, you... You know, you see what works best for you. You talk, you... you Not necessarily compromise, but you... You're not necessarily going to be doing the things that make them feel uncomfortable and be like, okay, yeah, fucking deal with it. It doesn't work like that. Um, yeah. Some people, like, I, I've been very vocal about, like, I love the idea of a thruple. I love the idea of polyamory, but I've never tried it before. At the moment, I would say that Sam and I are in an open relationship rather yeah. than polyamory. Open relationship being that I can sleep with other people he sleeps with other people and we Mm -hmm. also sleep with other people together as well yeah but that open relationships they also have their own subcategory of rules and and you you basically make the rules up yourself between you two by talking and trial and error and hypotheticals and figuring it all out yeah Um, you just gotta be so honest and not just honest and communicative but like really emotionally aware of how you feel and how they might be feeling I think that's what, yeah, really beneficial for making it work. And again, as you said, like people make mistakes. Things can happen. Feelings can get hurt like any other monogamous relationship. But it's about just bringing that together 
Um, yeah. Sam and I have our scheduled uh, monthly check-in with each other on yes. Monday. And I've come up with like a nice question list. And I sent it over Aww. to him last night. He was like, it's like, oh, baby, that's that's really lovely. That's so nice. I'll have to think about these. I was like, oh, oh I love that's, that. That's monthly that. check-ins so are nice. so important for all relationships, especially yeah. non-monogamous ones. But I would say all relationships. All. Everyone needs a moment yeah. in, and friendships, to be fair. Like, just have a moment per month where you sit down and chat about everything. And friendships. Do you want to hear my hear my questions? Yeah. How secure are we feeling? Uh, is there something we can make more of an effort on? Mm. Any moments that made us feel more connected? Do we have anything unresolved? And how can I help you feel more loved and supported? That, those are really good questions. Everyone should take those questions away into their relationships. I love that. Yeah, write them down. Put it in your calendar, your monthly check-in. It's But obviously ask your partner first if yeah. they're down for it. Um, and they might have some resistance because it's scary, but yeah. that's okay. So with dating and you're already in your non-monogamous relationship, how transparent do you have to be straight away? Do you tell someone immediately that you have a partner? I, I absolutely would, yes. It is, I can't see how it would work. Because if you're not if you're not explaining it to your partner, unless you already have set that rule aside that you don't need to talk about who you're dating, sleeping with, whoever, um, you should be talking about it with your partner and the new people as well. They should be yeah. coming into this situation knowing full well that you have a partner or multiple partners. Definitely. I think it would be... It's basically... It's just... It, it's complicated. It's cheating. It's deceitful if you're not being honest about every part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why a lot of people talk about ethical non-monogamy because it's it, it sh it's always should be ethical. If it's not ethical, yeah. then it's it's fucked up, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, I feel like the answer to like all of the questions around dating in the non-monogamous space is just being as open and as transparent at like every single point in the journey. Yeah, every stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And constant check-ins. You can never have enough check-ins. Yeah. And if you're if you're getting annoyed about the check-ins, then something's going down, man. As in How like, you know, you're not enjoying this situation or not handling the situation well yeah. enough to be able to check in. How do you make the person that's sort of coming into your relationship feel desired and wanted when you already have a partner? I think it's important to have moments with them individually, mm. both of them individually, multiple people individually. Just having, because sometimes if it's a couple talking to a single person, say for example, like in a, in an open, you know, like we're sleeping with a person or thruple situation, it can feel like a bit, it can feel a bit ostracizing. Um, there is something called, and I wish I could remember it was, like it's the sort of the, the relationship hierarchy of, we're okay and we're we're better and we're solid because we're a couple and you're the foreign person coming into this situation and yeah. i think that that needs to be spoken about and addressed and said it also can backfire as well because a lot of you know if if somebody is seeing us and then they don't want to see us anymore they might not give give us the same response and time and respect because we're already in that couple and yeah. we've got our safety net. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't be hurt just as much as an individual. If you're not, you should treat 
the couple like they would be just one person, one individual that you're dating. Give them the yeah. respect of talking yeah. to them and ending things with them. And yeah, there's I think there's like a lot of misunderstanding around that. Like it can still hurt even even if somebody stops talking to you and it yeah. can still hurt even though we're, you know, I'm already in a relationship. What would you say it was like dating as a couple? I feel like in the I've I've had like one experience of this in my mm-hmm. last relationship I would say that it kind of weirdly brought us closer together like having other Absolutely. people coming into the relationship in some kind of way it it, do, it does because it's so it's so exciting and new and it, it does give you more opportunities to talk about things and explore things that you never had considered before mm-hmm. I definitely when when we were seeing Bambi, nicknamed Bambi, I definitely <laughs> yeah. felt so much closer to Sam and so so excited to do more things with him, with them. It was yeah, and especially if you're if you're just going off and, and shagging someone, even if the sex is amazing, it still makes you so grateful about what you have with your relationship. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I think I've experienced that with pretty much every fuck. Whether it's been great or bad or mediocre or whatever, I don't want to say bad because that's not fair, or it hasn't fit me, then it's always made me so much closer to my partner. What Sam and I do is when we've been on, like before we even go on a date, we create like a like a, a WhatsApp group, a chat with all of us in it. And we oh. try really hard to keep all of our chat and our comms within that group. So one person isn't necessarily feeling left out. Keeping it in the same group means that everyone's sort of included. There's no exclusion feelings. You know, while we're there in person, it's keeping the conversation as equal as possible, you know, asking the same amount of questions to each person and yeah. trying to get a feeling for that equality. It's, yeah. it's not... I still... I still can't get my head around hierarchical, hi- the hierarchy in open relationships, non-monogamous relationships, sorry. Mm. Um, and I understand that, like, the primary partner thing, I get it, but I feel like that's, it just, it just, all it's there is to make you you feel better about your situation. I don't think it needs to be said, really. I know that some mm. people might need it. Maybe they need it for security. Is but it I like just feel the like love you... thing, though? Is it like your primary partner is like your partner that you're in love with and other people come in but and out I, but, and you're not necessarily in love with them? But then that's also a hierarchical thing of like, oh, sorry, like I'm not in love with you, but I'm in love with this person. So they get most of my time and it's just a given. And I feel yeah. like that's really harsh. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I don't mean, know how I feel about it. Really, there's a, I think there's a lot, and there'll be people out there that have the um, primary partner system, and it works for I, them, and that's great. I will one hundred percent have the primary partner situation when yeah. I get into my next relationship. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe then that's that's not an open relationship. No, sorry, that's more of an open relationship, and yeah. I see yeah, mine as that's being how more I see it. Yeah, like the polyamory thing, but polyamory is only there for people who is it that's sort of like where you're falling in love with multiple people or Mm. actually dating other people yeah i don't think Um, that i would but i don't know yeah yeah that's the thing we don't know but of course if sam turned around to me and said i'm not feeling super secure like let's bring in this hierarchy kind of plan of can you call me your primary partner um then of course like i'm not going to be like no because if it's something that he needs to feel secure then 
the but then that I would also talk to the other you know the other people coming into the situation about it as well and I would also state Sam is my primary partner but that doesn't mean to say I will treat you any differently to him let's go to the listeners questions just to wrap up this episode at what point do you tell someone you're seeing about mental health problems that is so Uh, interesting yeah i don't even i don't know if there's a hard and fast rule for this because like obviously i feel like it kind of comes up naturally in conversation sometimes like what you're kind Mm. of going through at the moment whether like i wouldn't necessarily like bring up my trichotillomania like in the first month (laughs) but like if it's sort of becomes like a thing or it's noticeable i might be like oh yeah by the way i have trick um and i pull out my hair and i'll explain to them that it's like an anxiety coping mechanism and like Mm. all of that but i don't feel like you need to feel forced into it just when you feel comfortable but then also maybe it's better sooner rather than later at the same time it's almost a bit like the interview stage of if you tell someone your mental health issues and they react badly to it, then it's like, okay, they were never going to react well to this if they can't cope. I think I spoke about my mental health issues quite soon. I also wrote on my dating profile, Mm. you know, about mental health, being a mental health, like, advocate or anti-shamer. Oh, I even wrote on my dating profile, like, oh, you know, extra brownie points if you've been to therapy. I was very clear about that. Like... I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up actually going on a date with Sam in the first place. Because we, when we spoke about therapy, he was like, yeah, I've been to therapy. And I was like, oh, my God, let's go. Like, I'm I'm ready. I'm <laughs> down for this. That's, honestly, it was the sexiest thing you could have said. <laughs> the next question is, how to make dates with my long term partner have the excitement of a first date? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you can't really replicate a first date because like you both go in with like nerves and it's like you don't know this person. They're a stranger. And obviously you can role play and you can like go on dates that are really fun. But am I just going to be really negative here and say there's no way you can replicate that? I think maybe instead of looking at the negatives, we need to look at the positives. More like... Yes, you might not have that same feeling as you would do on a first date, but Mm. that also is because you have found somebody that you feel comfortable with, that you don't feel nervous and anxious to to go Mm. on a date with, that like you know is there for you and like you know is part of their life is yours and there is that commitment there and you know you've had years of happiness and experiences together I say years who knows like time together that that is just incomparable to a first date amazing yeah and I'd say like you know if you want to do something that does excite you both then exploring new things together whether that's like a new place a new country a new sex thing like kink or whatever Mm -hmm. like trying something I remember the first time that I tried anal sex with my long-time partner that felt really exciting and kind of like fresh and new because we'd never done that before so I think Mm -hmm. anything that you can kind of introduce sex wise is always going to give you that kind of thrill the adrenaline of like oh my god like it's suddenly like you feel new and fresh to me I think when you're keeping up 
a healthy, happy relationship, I think going on dates can have that excitement, yeah. especially making sure you have time apart from each other. It doesn't If you're living together, I more mean like keeping your independence, going and seeing your family and your friends and doing stuff without your partner. And when you do have those dates together, when you have those special moments together, then you make them special. You don't just like go down the end of the road for another pub lunch, you know, you you make the time to find somewhere and do your research and book it in and say, oh, you know, like this place is a bit fancy. Shall we dress up a little bit? Yeah. Um, there is, yeah, there are things that you can do to make, you know, like think about what your partner likes or enjoys or loves and do it, do a night that's themed around it. Do, you know, go to the, go to the cinema, go to the theatre. Oh my God, and VR dates, VR dates yeah. But it also, I think it takes time to do that. It takes time and thought processes to, to do that together. And also talking about it, you know, actually speaking to your partner and saying, I really would love to spark up uh, dates again. Mm, yeah. Every, every, every month, you know. Oh, is it? It's your turn to book the date in. It's my turn to book the date in. This is quite a sad, sad one. It says a guide to dating for ugly people. It breaks my heart hearing that somebody has taken the time to write that, to even yeah. think that about themselves. Yeah, and it's such like a big topic, I think, for you know going into dating and feeling really insecure about yourself. Like we are all so shrouded in insecurities because of the way that we have been brought up with media and like what society has told us about what is attractive and you know like Mm -hmm. we fucking grew up in the 90s when all models had to be size zero and like completely flat stomachs and it was just like a recipe for these huge, huge insecurities. And with men as well, like all the toxic masculinity that's out there, like you have to be Mm -hmm. this type of man. We always talk about this in reference to women, but I think it's really important to tackle the insecurities that men face as well from what they see about men in the media. Mm -hmm. And including non-binary and trans peeps out there too, because it's, you know, that is a real target on themselves. But Mm -hmm. I think there's especially there's a lot of men that feel so unattractive and upset and hurt at the world because of where they're at. Everyone else who's where they're at isn't they haven't just got there out of pure luck or chance. It takes it does take a bit of work to be able to change those thought processes. The, The even just saying ugly is already basically telling yourself that you are unattractive. Those behaviours need to change and stop and you need to start just being kinder to yourself. We talk about daily affirmations and I think it's seen as like such like a a female thing to do, but it's really important for guys to do it too. Stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself and every body part and every bit that you don't like about yourself that that you are beautiful, that you are handsome and sexy and gorgeous Mm -hmm. and all the words that help you. If you fall in love, like you're attracted to that person like it, it doesn't even even matter what they look like. You're just like, yeah. oh my God, you're fucking amazing. And I'm like, I'm so attracted to you because you're falling in love with them. Mm-hmm. But you've got to fall in love with yourself first. That was a, that's a beautiful roundup to uh, <laughs> this episode. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will mention again that we are having a break. So we yes. will be back uh, very soon. Fighting fit. Keep 
up to date with our social media. Of course, we'll be yes. posting on Instagram, which is at comecurious, spelled C-O-M-E, yeah. curious. Oh my God. Our personal accounts, Reed Amber X and Florence Bark. Yes, we'll be back very, very soon. You don't have to miss us for too long. And as always, give us a rating and a review and a follow, especially a follow now if you don't follow already because you need to know when the next episode comes out. Yes, love you all so much. Love see you, you next Thursday. See you next Thursday. You won't see us next yes. Thursday. Oh my God, you won't. Wow. Wow. The one time I feel Whoa. like I get it right. I'm gonna fuck it. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I love you. Bye. Bye.